Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast is brought to you by Damn Fine Apples. That's right. The Damn Fine Apples from Off and A Tour now available at the Waystone Inn, not only as a delicious pie better than your mom used to make, but also as fresh pressed apple cider that the innkeeper just pressed fresh this morning while remembering the terrible death of his parents. Now available, just like I said. Also, this podcast contains spoilers and a little bit of strong language. So if you haven't read the King Killer Chronicle, or if you don't want to hear me, maybe say the F word or the P word or the S word or any of the B words, because I might say them because I'm a barbarian. Uh, don't listen. Folks, thank you so much for stopping by the Waystone Inn in beautiful scenic Novar, probably Ventus. That is where I, RJ, your host, am recording this particular episode of Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast. That, of course, is a podcast where we discuss characters from Patrick Rothfuss's The King Killer Chronicle. And RJ, of course, stands for Rule the Jungle which uh, my hometown Cincinnati Bengals like to tweet, especially when we're doing well. We're doing pretty uh, pretty okay so far this season under uh, the prince that was promised, Joseph Lee Burrow. Of course, I'm recording this uh, here on October 27th, and it's going to come out first Sunday in November, so we'll see how my uh, cardiac cats are doing. I'm recording it as... Uh, it's Thursday, so Thursday night football for you NFL fans. Um, who knows if this game that's on right now, an ever-beleaguered-looking uh, Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So that's kind of going on in the background while I'm recording this podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Who knows? We could, we, well, we're always making history here on ETRSOP, entirely the right sort of podcast, but I might uh, witness sports history here tonight, so uh, you never know. Um, I probably won't, but I love I, I love the drama. Um, we're, we're not in the jungle today. Like I said, we are in Noir at the Waystone, and I hope you've been practicing your little cipher because we are talking about Chronicler today, Devin Lachis. Um, The second kind of frame story character I've done pretty much everyone is in, in, uh, pretty much everyone else we hear about is as Quoth remembers, except for Chronicler and Bast and, and the townsfolk. So this, um, was an interesting one to research. You know, I, I got to do my research just because of all, where all the little interludes are. I, I had to go back to the table of contents and like actually find the chapters that Chronicler is going to be in. But um, this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about his connection to the Lacklaces. We're going to talk about him and Scarpy. Um, Scarpy's probably the one I'm going to do next for the uh, December episode. Talk about his upbringing, his personality, stuff with Bass. I'm really, I mean, I really, really got into his age. I have like a whole page of notes on how old this guy probably is. Um, we'll talk a little bit about both making up Um a hero called the Chronicler just to kind of mess with Chronicler slash Devon um, or Devan. 
So let's get right into it. I start every episode with seven things that we know or suspect about each character that I'm talking about. Because seven is such a significant number in the Chronicle. I um, am going to call it the King Killer Chronicler probably a lot today. Or I'm going to call Chronicler Chronicle. It's just going to happen. And 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 thank you. It's kind of like... Uh, you know, my buddy, Nick, Nick, I'm, sh- I'm, uh, Nick from page of the wind. Uh, they're reading, um, as I'm recording this, they're in the cafe chapters uh, on their podcast. Shout out to them. Um, Nick was calling the cafe, the Chandrian and vice versa, because, you know, some of these names are just kind of, kind of similar. So let's get into the, the seven things we know about, um, well, about number one, and number one is that his real name is Devin Lockies, but he goes by Chronicler. So there we are. That's the number one fact about about Chronicler. Number two, um, getting in kind of forecast or foreshadowing the age thing. Croth, Kv- oh, Croth, wow. Quoth read Chronicler's Dracus book at the university, but Chronicler went to the university seemingly after Quoth left. Um, which is kind of some interesting timing. Number three, Chronicler right now is a colleague of Scarpy's. Um, he's been traveling with him for a bit. Number four, Chronicler interviewed Oren Velsiter, which, um, you know, I think that's kind of a feather in his cap. Uh, we, we can kind of hear from that and from the little bit we know of Velsiter that Chronicler talked to some pretty important people. Number five, Chronicler does know the name of Iron. But he says, quote, it's a fluke by all accounts. Number six, um, just kind of a, an important thing to note is that Quoth knows Chronicler and like the Chronicler, um, but the townsfolk don't. Uh, Quoth also calls him the great debunker. So I just think it, it's just Quoth in his, in his travels, in his writing, is gonna know the chronicler. And I'm actually wondering now as I'm writing this or saying this, what book um he published Mating Habits under. Like was it was it under both names, Devin Lockheed's The Chronicler, or was it just under one? Um we'll talk about that a little bit. And number seven, Chronicler wears a the tail and wheel of iron around his neck. I actually um, have one of these. My uh, good friend Sam got it for me a couple years ago for Christmas. The the Taylor's iron wheel, um, which indicates that he follows the Taylor religion, um, which maybe indicates that he's a Torin or Vintish, um, or since he is master of the name of iron it's just kind of like a protection piece in case he runs into anyone like bast so let's let's get into let's get an old 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 devin's uh background kind of what we know about him and i'm i'm so tempted to just read large segments of of these books um because the the conversations Chronicler has with Coat Kvoth and with Bast are very revealing. Um, the fact that Chronicler is here is kind of the linchpin for Kvoth telling a story. Um, you know, even though Bast tempted him there, um, he's he's such an important 
character. I mean, he's he he's writing Quoth's story down. Um, who knows if that has any significance? But um, what we actually know is is that he went to the university after Quoth, but also he wrote Mating Habits. Um, we're not sure where he's from or where he grew up, but he is well read and seems to be fairly well traveled. Um, Chronicler makes a comment about his, his father, um, hating the bleeders, the tax collectors for the King. So I think we can assume, um, that his dad was a nobleman or at least had lands. And of course, if as Devon lock keys, lock keys, he is connected to somehow unlocking the lackless family or is a, a member or something like that. Um, that of course will, will have significance. Um, so probably a noble, it, it, it seems also from close time in the university, like you gotta have money to go to the university. So that again, another, another check for, um, for Chronicler being a nobleman. I just with how Quoth talks about him, um, I think we can assume he's written more than one book in his career, more than just mating habits because he's, he's traveled far and wide and Quoth knows him by reputation as quote, a great collector of stories and recorder of events. Um, again, Quoth knows Devin Lockheed's knows, Lockheed's, you know, as if he's related to so-and-so and then knows him as the chronicler. So there's clearly some connection in Quoth's mind between this Lockheed's and the chronicler, I, I think. Um, and, and let's not forget that he is at least Rilar, according to Quoth, so he's a fairly accomplished arcanist. He did go to the university and he does know the name of Iron. So those are, you know, that's that's quite enough to be to be getting on with for what we know about the dude. Now let's get into what I hope everyone comes into here for is me just kind of spouting off random theories that I've come up with or read um, and uh, thinking about that. And just, you know, asking some good questions. Pat, hey, Mr. Rothfuss, you know, I got a few questions. I don't know. I don't know who that was supposed to be. Also, I don't, I'm not quite sure what Chronicler's accent's going to be, but I'm going to give him an accent that is not the Nick Podell just kind of ew, ew, accent. Well, actually, actually, I lied because this first part here I have in my notes is kind of more discussion. I, we're, get, we're getting into the theories, you know, please please be patient. So let's, let's, let's talk about his personality and some of his interactions. Um, in the very beginning, Chronicler kind of tries to manipulate Quoth into telling his story, which makes Quoth mad, but like also works. Um, cause he says, you'd use my own best trick against me. And then like kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I, it's either something Chronicler says or, you know, the thing about Denna or just the fact that nobody really knows what happened just really gets Quoth ready to to tell this thing and, you know, ready to, I guess, speak the names of the Chandran. You know, I wonder if Quoth, you know, sees this as 
the event that's gonna immediately preclude his death. Like Chronicler's arrival, this opening of his past, the fact he can't, uh, you know, undo the lackless box. I wonder if Quoth, you know, if something's going to happen at the end of the third day. Anyway, all that to say, Quoth, after this, you know, opening, after Quoth agrees to tell his story in his way, remember, he doesn't really seem to respond to any of Chronicler's manipulation, manipulation and even kind of uses it against him with the whole the Chronicler bit. Um, not Devin the Chronicler like Megan the Stallion. <laughs> I think that's funny. I'm going to have to Photoshop that. We don't really have, uh, we have that one art of Chronicler from the, um, the cards that I've been posting not like on Facebook and Twitter. I'm going <laughs> to real hot girl shit for Chronic, real hot girl shit. Can you imagine Chronicler just going, ah, <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, speaking of being on some hot girl shit, I mean, he made up this whole cipher and he's impressed that close able to pick it up in like 15 minutes. And I want to make sure I touch on this because the fact that Chronicler is writing things down in a cipher and like not the actual words, I wonder if that is gonna prevent it from being true or make it true or like protect the knowledge somehow from the Chandrian of their names being written down. Cause it's in this cipher and we don't know how smart, you know, Haley he's been alive for 5,000 years. You know, he'd probably be able to rip through it pretty quick and be like, what the fuck, man, you're writing down our old names, but then he'd have to go through the whole thing. And anyway, <clears throat> back to Chronicler. I like relate to Chronicler a bit about like how self-important he is about his craft, quote unquote, because I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm a journalist and we, we totally get up in our like ivory towers of like what writing is and like the fact that we're bringing truth into the world and like everything, you know, we know how to do it and we're the, you know, we're the gatekeepers of like truth and blah, 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 blah. And I think I see some of that um, in Chronicler. Like we, you know, and as someone who's, you know, college educated and like went back for my master's, you know, in my late 20s, like I know that we academic writerly types can be a bit lofty when we like come down from our ivory towers into the real world. Chronicler's also... I mean, he's perceptive. He's got to notice these little details. Um, as Quoth kind of says, when Chronicler notices that Folly and Sisera are not the same sword, um, he's also able to see through Bast's little glamour um, and tell that Bast is a fae. But he is, he is, you know, naive on some things. He's, I mean, he's, look, he's not going to come over and like mix it up with old Cobb and them. Um, like he's not really comfortable with the farmers. And I think this is not necessarily just because, um, you know, every time the farmers come in, Chronicler is, has just been writing down a secret story, like lost in the story. But I think it's probably like a culture thing, a class thing. Like Chronicler did not grow up. I'm sure a farmer or a blacksmith or a woodworker or whatever, like this is just like 
the equivalent of like a lifetime white collar, you know, finance guy, like walking into the fucking mom and pop diner, you know, down the way on, on Monday morning. Um, those kind of, those like hole in the wall diners always have the best coffee because they serve them in those, like, I'm not going to get into it, but like they, they always have the same, like all of those little, like down home American diners have like the little white cups that they're like these little white ceramic cups and they have a nice lid, like a nice ring and the lid, you know, it's easy drinking and it's got like a nice big handle. And there's usually, sometimes there's like a tan ring around the edge of the inside of the cup. And then you just drink your coffee and it's so nice. And anyway, not me romanticizing, just like drinking coffee at a diner. Um, what am I talking about? Oh, Chronicler. Um, he doesn't know what to do when he's fighting the Skrail. So like he just, he, he's, he's naive about the supernatural. Like he knows Bast is Faye, but he just, he just doesn't seem to know a lot of this stuff. He says failing, which, which Bast doesn't like. He's so rooted in reality and in like proving things are fake that, you know, he, he, um, well, he certainly took a while to believe that, you know, the, the demon sh- uh, skin dancer was a demon, um, because he doesn't even believe in them. And he kind of foolishly demands his shirt back anyway. Like, just like, that's just like the wrong situation to demand your shirt back. Like a thief is not going to give you your shirt back. You know, you can buy another one. Um, however, he does know how to like deal with the highwayman and like hide his money. So, you know, you kind of can give him a little bit of credit. Um, so let's talk about his relationship with Bast too. Um, their first meeting does not go well as Chronicler tries to bind Bast with iron. The second he kind of sees him, which is like very prejudiced by our guy, Devin, um, because Bast is like in the inn with Quoth. Like, it, you know, he, he, as Quoth says, he introduces him as his friend. Like Bast is not just some rando fae that walked across the street. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's racist. Like Chronicler is being a racist. Anyway. Um. The, the his whole thing with bass is weird like well, not weird it's just like scary i don't like bass being scary um because chronicler is the one bass snags with like all these rumors out there he's trying to get someone to come for quote story um still i think you know even though bass scares chronicler and tells him he owns him and you know you know argues with him and displays his power. Like Chronicler acts pretty self-assured in his mission and is pretty stubborn with Bast, at least in the light of day about telling Quoth's story his way. Um, the end of, he has two, you know, charge conversations with Bast at the end of name of the wind and wise man's fear. Um, and, you know, again, acting in his, his capacity as the great debunker, tries to show Bast the folly of, you know, believing in the Cathay and thinking everything the Cathay thinks is true. Um, 
And he's, he says to Bast, you know, near the end in this last chapter, he says, I'm trying to help, you know that, right? Which is an interesting thing to say, because is he, does Chronicler think of himself as here to help, or is this him trying to manipulate Bast a bit? Because Bast is also so very emotionally charged up at the end of Wise Man's Fear, because like, we're we're meant to believe that Quoth was meant to kill the band like Quoth was meant to beat the shit out of these bandits or you know these highwaymen that that Bass sent and you know again Quoth Bass wanted Quoth to I think you know have some display of power and the fact that he did not get that um, from you know sending those guys in has him in all sorts of ways so you know maybe chronicler pushing him you know actually gets through to him because he's just gone through so much that day um i'm gonna read a bit here but um after chronicler is you know slapped bass and you know is saying the cafe knows you fear it it knows i would use that knowledge against you it's still manipulating you if you don't attack me terrible things will come of it and then, he, you know, Bass freezes and Chronicler says, are you listening to me? Are you finally awake? Which is, which is interesting. And then I want to read this kind of gets at the heart of their relationship. So Chronicler nodded and sat back down on his couch. I will, for the sake of argument, except the cafe knows the future. That means it can control many things. He raised a finger, but not everything. The fruit you ate today was still sweet in your mouth, wasn't it? Bast nodded slowly. If the Cathay is as malicious as you say, it would not harm you in every way possible. Or, damn. If the Cathay is as malicious as you say, it would harm you in every way possible, but it cannot. It could not keep you from making your Reshi laugh this morning. It could not keep you from enjoying the sun on your face or kissing the rosy cheeks of farmer's daughters, could it? A flicker of a grin found Bast's face. I kissed more than that, he said. That, Chronicler said firmly, is my point. It cannot poison everything we do. Bast looked thoughtful, then sighed. You're right, in a way, he said. But only an idiot sits in a burning house and thinks everything is fine because fruit is still sweet. The push and pull of their relationship is so interesting. This, this scribe, you know, again, the great debunker who seems out to, you know, look for rumors and, and debunk them and, and is sitting so firmly in reality. And in fact, and then Bast comes from this world. He does not understand the Fae are really nothing like human beings and Bast has all of his, you know, preconceived, you know, beliefs and, and things he know, things he knows are true. And they just, you know, it, it, they, they don't really have that much in common. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're linked through Quoth now. Um, so I just think their, their relationships are, are, are fascinating. Um, I want to talk about 
his relationship with Scarpy. And I think Scarpy um, is going to be the next one I do. And that'll make listener Jim happy. Uh, I hope. So Quoth <clears throat> asks if Chronicler is Scarpy's apprentice and Chronicler says he considers himself more of a colleague, which like, you know, classic under, you know, classic grad assistant shit. No. Um, Chronicler says both he and Scarpy heard the rumor about Quoth when they were traveling together. So I wonder why Scarpy didn't come as well. I am curious how they find each other, him and Scarpy. I'm curious, like, is Scarpy working with Chronicler to try and find Quoth? Um, it, it, it just can't be a coincidence that, that them two are together. Um, this would probably be, be better for the next one I'll bring it into, but I, I want to bring up this quote from Quoth in chapter six, the price of remembering. Um, when Chronicler mentions Scarpy, Quoth says, I might've guessed he would be the first to find me rumor mongers, the both of you. Now this never really struck me before now, but a close read on, on rumor mongers, calling them both rumor mongers is an odd thing to say because the only stories we know Scarpy has told Quoth are, I mean, they're like foundational myths of Lanray and then um, I, I think some of the first angels. So to call, to, to, you know, again, based on what we know of Scarpy, to lump him and Chronicler in the same boat as rumor mongers is very interesting. Um, so what else, you know, has Scarpy been doing or what else has Quoth found out? Or is this just kind of a throwaway line maybe to piss Chronicler off? Um, also, yeah, it's just, I'm curious about, okay, I guess Scarpy left Tarbian. It sounded to me like he was like, had been in Tarbian his entire life, but I guess he's out now and traveling with, uh, well, Chronicler must've broken him out of, whatever prison or who, who the F knows. I want that book. Um, I want to, another great quote in chapter six, um, from Chronicler. This is right after Chronicler alludes to the woman to Denna. And then there's a sudden stillness and Quoth brings the strawberry breaks, the strawberry, uh, liquor bottle. And, uh, it says, so this is the difference between telling a story and being in one, the fear which is like so dramatic, but also so good. These books are good. You guys let's talk about the epithet again, that Quoth gives chronicler right here in chapter six it says not a chronicler, the chronicler and calls him the great debunker himself. Now we've got a little evidence between this, um, description and the Dracus book chronicler must I, I think it's safe to assume he's one of the best known writers going out to investigate popular rumors in, in a scientific way or a fact-based way. In our world terms, he's a literal myth buster, a warrior against the Temerant fake news bloggers claiming lizards or dragons. 
maybe he's been proving uh, the world is round or proving that it's flat, whatever the truth is. And we know he interviewed uh, Oren the Velsiter. So with that, I think we got to assume he's a skeptic. We see some evidence of that when he, um, you know, when he heard about Quoth, I wonder what Chronicler thought the meeting was going to be like. Um, he certainly didn't expect to actually find Quoth. So I wonder how long he's been on Quoth's trail and if he specifically he went to the university to search Quoth and his story out. However, he tells Quoth after the Drac is, int is introduced, he says, I'm not here to contradict you, which I don't necessarily think is true. I think, um, I think Chronicler is going to use whatever methods he needs to get the story at this point. Um, but it's, it's interesting that he tells Quoth he's not there to contradict him. Um, maybe he is planning to have this whole thing written down and published in his own words. Maybe he did that with Orrin Velster. Um, we don't really know the character of, of all of his books. Um, it's worth asking kind of in, I guess, kind of on the same topic, if there's some other ulterior motive Chronicler has for finding Quoth, um, that could be, man, I should have really, uh, written something down, uh, before I started talking about Chronicler's ulterior motives I, other than, you know, writing on the, down the story. I wonder if he's trying to, if there's a lackless connection to be made, right? Lockheed's and, um, Quoth's presumed mother, Natalia, um, if Scarpy sent him to stop Quoth or to, you know, do something with Quoth, I don't really know. Um, and now I want to get into something that I, I know we talk about in the fandom fairly recently, or at least when I see Chronicler posts, it's, it's asking about, um, his age. This is the longest section of my notes that I have is, is on his age. Uh, so I think I'm just, so this is my thesis statement is that it makes sense that Chronicler is anywhere from 10 to 25 years older than Quoth. <clears throat> I want to, okay. So mating habits of the common Dracus, um, Quoth read it at the university, but also remember that doesn't, I'm pretty sure Davy, no. Isn't there a version of Mating Habits of the Common Dracus with like engravings and pictures? May oh, okay. Maybe that's the, okay. That's the one he finds first in the university. So I wonder if that was the original copy. For some reason, I thought that Davy had a special edition of Mating Habits, but I must be confusing that with another book because I was going to make the point that you know, if there's a special edition of this book or like a new illustrated edition of the book, that means it's been around already for a few years by the time Quoth gets to the university. But I don't know if that's true. Um, the biggest puzzle to me is when in our timeline Chronicler goes to the university um, based on where Quoth is now with Quoth still being at the university. Um, there's got to be some fade time magic in here. Um, because whatever happened, you know, whatever disaster happened or the war that started or whatever, it's been 
about two years, uh, according to Chronicler himself. So I don't know, you know, if it's like, okay, Kvothe kills a guy and disappears and then Chronicler goes to the university. That's a very short timeline. I feel like, I mean, it's, I guess it's feasible for him to enter study with a Loden to get to iron at least, and at least make Ray Lar. I suppose he could do that in under two years and then meet up with Scarpy, but you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't quite make sense. And that of course, you know, that two year timeline would assume Foth was a university student right up to the point where he killed whoever or whenever the disaster happened. So I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a big question is when Kvothe leaves the university, he could leave at the beginning of book three, um, and Chronicler could just come on in, you know, come along to the university. Um, ba 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 ba. yeah, that it's. I think it's possible. We know he's going to Rhaenyra, um, and that I think it's possible he spends several years traveling, running, singing, trying to kill Cinder, etc before this war begins, um, which gives Chronicler time to get to the university. Um, I know, I think I've mentioned this question before, but I wonder if he came to the university specifically looking for rumors of Kvothe, um, and if he was already working for Scarpy at the time, and if he still has any connections to the university now. Um, it's hard to say with all the unknowns. So I'm going to get into some um, age mumbo jumbo to try and figure out how old chronicler is and if you really don't care about that um you can probably skip ahead a couple minutes so i'm gonna work i'm gonna work on multiples of five because they're easier for me to add even though sevens are important um okay let's say let's presume this is my presumption and this is how i'm gonna make it work mating mating habits of the common dracus by devin the chronicler was published at least five years before Kvothe arrived at the university. That's my theory. If Chronicler is a prodigy, he could have published the book, you know, before 20, but let's say he publishes it between the, let's say he publishes it at 25. Um, so hold on, let me make sure my math's right. So let's say he is 25 when he publishes the book and then he publishes the book five years before Kvothe enters the university. So by this, again, theory math, Chronicler's 15 years older than Kvothe. So, cause Kvothe is 10, five years before he enters the university. And I'm going to say Chronicler is 25 and he publishes the book in the frame story. You know, this is where the math needs to get, you know, timey-wimey, as I think the Doctor Who fans say. Uh, people assume Kvothe to be less than 30 in human years. We, there's kind of that, mm, a couple comments made. Um, so if he is 30, again, working with multiples of five, if he's 30, then Chronicler would be 45 or so when they meet in the Waystone. Um, of course, <clears throat> that's barring any face stuff. I don't think we get many descriptions of Chronicler. Um, and we, I don't, I think we can assume what the, the, the Temerant, um, age expectancy is life expectancy. I don't think it's, it's very much. Um, so a man like old Cobb, if he's 45 could look like shit, not like shit. I'm sorry. Could look like he's lived a hard life, right. Versus someone like Alvaron, who, you know, if he wasn't sick and he wasn't out in the sun, wasn't working a lot, 
you know, had access to medical care, he would probably look better than a guy like, you know, cop Jake and Graham, just because, you know, if you're out in the sun all day, if you're working, your body's going to break down, um, faster usually than a rich guy. Um, so I don't know, you know, maybe Alvaron without health issues or, you know, or someone in good health, um, could live to see 70 or older, maybe with proper health care and, and, you know, not needing to work hard. We hear Orrin Velsiter is 80. Um, I don't really think we hear of too many, you know, well, we do, we hear about some old people, but we don't know how old they are. Anyhow, um, like I said, Chronicler would probably look younger in his forties than Coates regulars are going to look. You know, and, and someone being balding can happen at any age for men. Um, I went to high school with a guy who was balding in high school. So that like the fact that Chronicler's balding doesn't really reflect his age to me. Um, so I think, I think again, assuming I love to do that with all this fade timeline stuff that Quoth, I, Quoth has to spend some time in the fae. Um, I, I just feel like it's going to happen. So whether or not he looks 30 in the frame story, he could, you know, really be 900. Who knows how that time works? Um, you know, at the, so, but I mean, I guess how, how old Quoth is doesn't really matter when we're talking about Chronicler because what really matters is the human ears. Um, so let me assume again, Kvothi leaves the university by the age of 20, um, and that some time passes between then and when he opens the Waystone, there's probably, you know, a five or 10 year gap where Chronicler could have, um, entered the university and made at least Raylar and then come back to Scarpy. Um, I should have done a better intro into that lead. And I was just kind of blindly reading my notes because that there, I tried to transition myself between how old is Chronicler and when did Chronicler have time to get into the university? It must have been, I mean, it has to have been, I mean, otherwise they would have run into each other, but it was recently because, um, Again, it's only been two years. Wow. I spent a lot of time talking about that. Um, one quick uh, little theory I wanted to talk about, um, since we're talking about the university, is that what if Chronicler is working for Lauren as a Giller? Or Gilder? Giller. Um, and I don't know, oh, like, what if Lauren is looking for Quoth and sent um, chronicler or Laura, you know, the Amy are looking for Quoth and are trying to track him down. Or maybe, you know, chronicler as a scribe, when he got to the university, um, Lauren was like, Hey man, will you go get some cool books for me? Very much a fetch quest from Skyrim. Um, kind of the Giller stuff seems like, and also very, those fetch quests to go get books for the college can be extraordinarily dangerous in Skyrim. So that's probably what Viari and them are doing is going down into caves and fighting with Draugr. So I want to talk a bit about Quoth's um, little trick with Chronicler and Wise Man's Fear, chapter 47. Um, after the interlude, um, 
Well, actually, it's all an interlude. 46 and 47, it's a bit of fiddle and the hempen verse. So Quoth, you know, kind of glosses over his trial in Imre. And Chronicler is upset because, you know, that was the first story he ever heard about Quoth when he came to the university, uh, how he learned Temen a day and blah, 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 blah. And Quoth's like, I'm not telling that story. It was tedious. You know, I'm not giving it to you. And Chronicler gets upset and then, you know, kind of tries to get Quoth to trick him or trick Quoth into telling him about his memoir or showing him the memoir a bit um to which bast is like good tribe but it's a lost cause and chronicler's like don't coach me i know how to do it um so then they take a you know obviously a break from the story because it's lunchtime and there's a lot of people coming in um and are now seeking chronicler out to write down their wills which is something um people have started doing since last night um, when Shep died, right? Um, cause of the scrail, if you hear weird knocking noises, it's very, it's a very Kvothy day outside because it's, you know, early November, it's autumn and the leaves are falling down and the wind's really gusting. And my little, um, screen is banging against my back door. So if you hear that, I apologize. Um, where were we? Oh, Chronicler is writing down people's will because Skrell, uh, or the demon guy came in and got Shep, you know, killed Shep at the bar last night. So Quoth is kind of, I think it was Quoth's idea to have, um, well, yeah, Quoth kind of gets people thinking about um, a will when he says that, you know, Bast is feeling his age and he's starting to write down his will. So all these people are coming into the waystone to get their laying down papers writ. So there's a, a bit of a break. Um, old Cobb mentions music, which kind of throws Quoth off, you know, having a bit of fiddle in, which throws Quoth off. And we kind of have a, a little break, you know, after everyone's eaten the pie and Chronicler um, gets Cobb, talking and telling the story of Quoth's trial because he's trying to get, he's either trying to get Cobb, you know, to reveal some hidden information or just, you know, to piss Quoth off because now Chronicler knows that, you know, the town's not called Amory and Quoth didn't get called up for, you know, summoning a demon who bit a fellow and sucked out his juice like a plum, which is just such like, that's such I think it's that's used maybe two or three times that kind of terrible, um, like have eh, someone biting you. It, I can't even think about it. Um, so we, but Chronicler knows now the truth, but he's still like getting Cobb to tell, you know, Cobb's cockamamie, you know, story Cobb's, you know, friend was posted on Twitter about Quoth. Like, that's the thing. Everyone here, you know, it's like, it's like a bad Twitter. And my God, isn't Twitter, you know, getting worse these days? You know, no, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know. Anyway, so Cobb's just out here on, you know, Cobb gets his stories from fucking Tumblr, you know, nothing against Tumblr. Um, 
Yeah. And, and, and there's a little, there's a little break in the chat. I'm just rambling at this, at this point, there's a little, a little break in the chapter between Cobb telling the story and then Quoth tricking Chronicler. There's like just a little line. Um, I forget what they're called. You know, the little paragraph break. So it's after Cobb says, I'm going to do a Cobb voice like Net Puddell does. So when the justice finally showed up, the whole trial only took 15 minutes, Cobb said, chuckling. Quoth gave a fine speech in perfect Tama. Everyone agreed with him, and they all went home. And he lived happily ever after, the red-haired man said softly from behind the bar. Not Quoth, not Coat, the red-haired man. And then there's like a little break. Things are quiet. Um... You know, they're finishing their pie and their beer, which is so iconic. I mean, drinking pie and beer at the same time. Um, I know that, that, I mean, that's just such like, that just, that sounds great. I mean, it honestly sounds great. Um, and then Quoth Coat, um, actually, he's called the innkeeper almost exclusively, yeah, in this part. Um, when he's telling a story, he's just called the innkeeper and coat when he's telling that story, which is so just like the way Pat moves between coat and Quoth. Um, sorry, I'm just kind of got, I just kind of got lost. Um, I wonder if he only calls him the innkeeper when the other people are in the bar. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. Um, so then Quoth starts his trick, which is basically um, using Taberlin and using his probably his own stories and and Serafa, who he does mention, probably pulling stuff like this to create this new character called Chronicler. Um, really kind of dinging the character of Quoth being like, I, you know, I never much cared for Quoth stories. You know, if I'm going to have a story with magic, I'd like to have a proper wizard in it. So Quoth, you know, as much as these people like telling Quoth stories, Quoth is, you know, Coat, sorry, I guess, is saying, oh, this chronicler is so much better than Quoth. Let me tell you about him. Bast gets right into it. And I love Bast. Bast is very yes and. Bast is always ready to improv. Um, and we got to shout that you got to shout out a, a, a thespian. So this character, the chronicler carries around a great book and whatever he writes down in the book comes true. They call him the Lord of stories. Um, and if he learns one of your secrets, he can write whatever he wants and it comes true. <laughs> Coat looks at chronicler and is like, haven't you ever heard of him? <laughs> and then Bass jumps in. I've heard of him. His sword is named Sheev, and the blade is made of a single piece of paper. It's light as a feather, but I don't know why why, why this is Bass voice right now, but <laughs> so sharp that if it cuts you, you won't see the you'll see the blood before you even feel it. <laughs> it's like it's I mean, it's like it's mean. You know, it's mean to Chronicler, who's trying to like manipulate Quoth. And like, you know, I, you know, sorry, sorry to Quoth, but like I get it, you know. And not to say, and I've ever done like a sit down interview with someone who like, I don't know, is, has, has something as crazy as both, but like, I want to get the whole story. Like, just tell me the whole story, you know? Um, 
anyway, and there's, so there's the reason I, I, I wanted to build up to this is because, um, there is a section in here that I, that I do wonder, I do wonder what it means. You know, we have a lot of fairy tale stuff in here. Um, you know, the, the, the King's task, you know, chroniclers wandering the world, looking for ancient treasures and old magics, hoping to find something he can bring back to the King. Um, you know, I wonder how much truth is in that, you know, uh, let's remember that when, when he introduces himself as Devin Lockheed's, Quoth says, are you related to Baron? And then he goes, or Baron, whoever it is. He's like, of course you are not a chronicler, the chronicler. So there is something perhaps that Quoth does know about this man and about his connections, you know, that Quoth knows or surmises about chronicler. Um, I mean, everything he's saying could very well be dancing around or hinting around something, you know, this, this bit about the high King, um, you know, and the bit about the fairy blood, um, it, of course, you know, it could be both just screwing around and trying to, you know, play up the story, but it could be, I mean, Chronicler could work for, for, uh, a, a King or a noble, I guess that Quoth might know. Um, he could be working for Lauren he could be working for, um, you know, Alvaron or whoever's king. I, I, you know, I know that's kind of far fetched, but um, you, you do wonder why Chronicler, you know, if Chronicler was searching for Quoth, or if you know Bass Rumor kind of, um, you know sidetracked him from what he, you know, what he was really doing with Scarpy. We know he had a meeting with the Earl of Baden Bright, but I, you know, it's possible that something or someone did put Chronicler into the world to seek Quoth out. And it's possible Quoth knows this. Um, again, I could just be speculating, but, uh, you know, the kicker here and hold on, let me take a drink of water. It's, uh, if this, if you have like, I don't know, the DAW USA paperback, it's on page 374. Um, Quoth's talking about the High King of Modeg, who is someone um, we've seen in other stories as kind of like, a, you know, a mythical figure. Um, and I believe, you know, according to Savoy, the High King of Modeg is at least more powerful than the King of Ator. Um, hope Savoy's happy out on his farm, wherever he is. Anyway, here we go. Um, and more important, this is Quoth talking. He knows Chronicler can't control you if you have your name hidden away somewhere safe. The High King's name is written in a book of glass hidden in a box of copper. And that box is locked away in a great iron chest where nobody can touch it. Just the fact that names are so important makes this stick out to me. Um, just kind of wondering, you know, hey, is this, uh, it, this could very well be Quoth's own secret. Whoever's trying to control him can't control him if he has his true name hidden away somewhere safe. Um, you know, 
Quoth has that thrice locked chest, and the High King's name isn't thrice locked. It only it's only really locked once, because um, the box of copper isn't said to have a lock. But there are three things named, right? Glass. Um, oop, sorry, glass, um, copper, and iron. Yeah, so you got, sorry, smack the microphone. So yeah, glass, iron, and copper, that's not, those aren't the locks, um, you know, on close thrice lock chest, but, you know, it just, it seems to connect to me. Um, and then, you know, Quoth does apologize for any trouble it's going to cause Chronicler down the way, um, you know, and admits he doesn't respond well to being manipulated. He, you know, cause now, I mean, on the surface, right. If Chronicler's traveling anywhere nearby and introduce himself as the Chronicler, people are gonna like expect these great things from him and, you know, say, you know, think he's this like mythical creep being and he's going to have to like, you know, either change his name or go by his given name, which, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it's like, it's like Prince. That wasn't his real first name, right? Oh my God. No, it was. Anyway, never mind. Yeah, his first name was Prince. That was that was a terrible analogy. But you know, someone who someone who um anyway. I was trying to make an analogy, but one couldn't come to me. So, right, at the very least, when Chronicler's traveling in this area, all these, like, you know, country bumpkins who Chronicler, like, doesn't really vibe with because he's a rich kid are going to think he's this, like, wizard, you know what I mean? And Chronicler, who up until very recently did not really believe in magic, is going to be like, this stuff's, you know, this is so stupid. Um, and just, it'll probably annoy him, it might trip him up, you know, and he's going to hear insane things about himself probably if he hears a chronicler story down the road. So that'll cause him trouble. But also again, you know, if someone sent chronicler, um, or if someone controls chronicler, I guess, and now these dumb little stories are getting out and getting in, you know, whoever the puppet masters way is, um, that could cause him trouble too. So I was a lot longer um, than I thought I wanted to go on, on that. Um, and really a lot longer than, than I thought I wanted to go on this episode, but, uh, we keep chugging on because, um, I want to talk, uh, about Chronicler's naming, his naming prowess, why he went to the university. Um, so let's get into that. He, um, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to back up real quick. Let's talk about his necklace first. So, um, one of my very best friends, Sam got me, um, I might've mentioned this earlier, the Taylin, like Taylor's iron wheel necklace, that is the wheel. And then it has the names of all the angels on it. And it's on, it's on a leather cord. Um, so I always thought that Chronicler had the Taylin wheel around his neck. In fact, I was almost positive of it until when researching for this podcast, I went back and I, went to all the chapters where I knew it talked about Chronicler's necklace. And I, and, and this is all in name of the wind. So when I was looking at my 10th anniversary of name of the wind, I could not find that it's Taylor's iron wheel Chronicler has. It's not, we're, I don't think it's 
an Arcanum Gilder. I don't. I mean, I don't. Um, I don't think he has that yet. I don't think it's Taylor's Iron Wheel. I think what it is is his naming ring, um, which maybe everyone else always assumed. I, because like the, you know, because the Taylor's Iron Wheel necklace is one of, I feel like, the handful of, of King Killer things you were, you're like able to get. And it might've come from Pat's official store. I always thought it was Chronicler's necklace, but literally as of last night when I was researching this, um, no, it's just called a dark circle or an iron ring, a metal disc, a circle of dull metal. Um, but well, the reason I always thought it was the Telu symbol is because the, the, you know, the highway man, touches it and and says i'm not one to get between a man and his religion which is an interesting thing to say if it's if it's not the Taylor symbol because you'd think you'd know um i don't know the Taylor religion seems to be pretty well known um i don't know why a guy would mistake just a regular iron ring for the whatever um, I'm thinking too much about this, but I wanted to wrap that up because um, Iron is an interesting name to know because of its connections to Fae. You know, we obviously see that with Bast. Chronicler is for some, for a moment, kind of able to hold Bast with the binding of Iron. So I'm. that's got to be intentional on Pat's part for a reason other than that, we'd think. Um, just because iron is, um, there's just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, magical protection against evil. I mean, you know, not that the Fae are evil, um, but I think iron would, would, I mean, iron would probably also slay a demon. I, I don't quite know how this would, how this makes sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wonder if it has something to do with his lackless connection. Like if lackless ancestors, you know, or a certain branch of the lackless family is more predisposed to be able to learn the name of iron because of its power against the Fae, you know, like if for, if in the ancient world, and, you know, and this is, of course, assuming Devin Lockheed is, is a lackless, which, you know, let's just do it. Um, yeah, I wonder if, you know, the lacklesses at one time were an enemy of the, you know, all, well, you know, but I guess after, you know, Faye were created, although the lockless, the lackless family is said to be older than empires. So if they were around since the start of the creation war, and, you know, let's throw that in there, Lanray and Lyra uh are uh the original lacklaces maybe um it's very possible that there's some connection to you know protection from the fae so maybe quoth being a half lackless will uh will also learn that um i do i like i i wonder how long chronicler was at the university and when he learned the name of iron he said it was a fluke by all accounts and that Elodin refused to teach him naming for a variety of, of funny reasons. Um, yeah. And I just, again, to the question of when he was at the university, how much time he had there, I wonder, you know, and why he went, 
Um, you know, if he went to go find Quoth, what of who of Quoth's friends and acquaintances are even were even around at the university? Um, what did he learn? Did he did he spend hours at the Aeolian trying to imagine what it would be like to hear Quoth sing or or try his hand at artificing to try and get Kilvin to open up? Um, he he assumedly knows sympathy, so. Um, I mean, he could do a binding of iron, so he at least knows that. I guess he might have studied with Alxadal or Master Ham. Um, you know, I don't know. I I don't know why else he went. Um, you know, I said elsewhere he, he might have gone looking for Quoth and Imre and at the university or looking for stories of Quoth. Again, sorry, I just hit the microphone. Um, or it could have been for some other research reason, I guess. Plenty of noble people um, seem to go to the university to study other things, um, but I think we can assume... I don't know. I guess my headcanon is that Chronicler went specifically looking for both. Um, I love the line from Aloden, who would have thought a papery little twat like you had any iron in him at all? Uh, interesting that Chronicler like... Aloden actually called him a twat, but Chronicler says Scriv instead of twat at first because he doesn't want to offend Bass because Bass had a rough day. Um, that's just, that's kind of interesting. Like, why would you need to do that? Bass, he's 150. I just, I want to dip back into Lackless a bit. Um, I just don't, ha I don't have... I guess I don't have too much to say because, you know, with Quoth and maybe Chronicler being related to the Lacklaces, I'm I'm just wondering, you know, Devin Lockies, we don't hear about a Lockies when Codicus is listing off the names, but it definitely sounds like, you know, instead of Lockless, Lock Keys. Um, so if there's a key to the lock, maybe we can unlock the door, but the door is lockless. So there's something, there's something that's, there's something a, a, a lot bigger there. Um, what, you know, what is behind the lockless door? Do you really need, I mean, is Chronicler the key to something, you know, literally, um, does Quoth need him? to unlock his chest, maybe. Um, maybe by Chronicler telling Quoth's story, he's going to, what? Going to give Quoth his power back, and then, I don't know, what are we going to do? Like, unlock the doors of stone and defeat, you know, Ajax for all time? Is that the kind of shit we're looking for? Or is it more of, a key, you know, is Chronicler or is Quoth going to unlock the lackless box, whatever's in there? Um, possibly the name of the moon, possibly, you know, the piece of glass that Celatos put his eye out with, you know, who really knows? Who really knows? Um, for more on lacklesses, visit 
probably either of my podcasts on my first podcast on Lorian or on my later podcast last season on Miss Malowin. Um, racist though on like, Oh my God. Well, I, here's the thing. Okay. Hold on. First, I'm going to say chronicler attack Bast on site. Malowin super racist against the Rue. So, you know, that could be a relation. Um, I was going to say Kvothe isn't racist. Um, he probably is. Let's be honest, because according to, um, well, first of all, he uses a racial, he uses a slur for will all, you know, every now and then the sealedish people, a slur for them is shim and Kvothe definitely uses the term shim. Um, which I can only assume is similar to a term we have, um, that is anti-Semitic in origin. Um, I, um, you know, it's, it's kind of disappointing, uh, to like sit back and think about, you know, casting for name of the wind, you know, and wise man's fear and casting, you know, even for chronicler and realize like the only people in Pat's world are sealedish, dark skinned people. And then, you know, white people who are either part sealedish or who are tanned from travel. And that is, you know, the extent of racial diversity in this fantasy world. And, you know, miss me with it's based on whatever, like, shut up, you know, give me there, you know, Put some more brown people and queer people in your fantasy always. Um, because it's fuck, you know, because it's fantasy. You know, Quoth is, we got a guy named Quoth. You know, we can have some black people. Hold on, I have to yell at my cat. So, yeah, I guess it's all in the family. All Lochlesses are prejudiced, except for Lorian, Queen, Natalia, I mean. Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of coming to the end of my chronicler thoughts here. Um, I'm wondering what the, I, um, I'm wondering what the consequences or the benefits of him writing Quoth's story down are going to be because, you know, technically everything's written down, including the names of the Chandrian, but it's all written down in chronicler cipher. Everything's written down in a shorthand. So even if someone, you know, gets a hold of this, they'd have to break the cipher, you know, to really be able to understand Kvothe's story, which means that the, you know, the only people in the world right now who know Kvothe's true story are Chronicler Bast and Kvothe. You know, Bast has missed parts of it. Kvothe obviously lived it. Um, but, you know, I, 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 because of the cipher, I don't necessarily see there being a problem with the names of the Chandran being written down. Um, even though they're, you know, the, the names and the signs together are pretty dangerous. And the fact Quoth said them out loud, you know, he says they've got a din of whispers. However, Quoth's <laughs> out here saying all seven of them. Um, but it, yeah, I just, I wonder what the power of, you know, you hear, think about Denna and the magic of writing things down um, and then becoming true. Is this 
is Foth trying to do this? Is Chronicler trying to do this? Is Bass trying to do this? Um, you know, there's so much word power in writing, obviously. Um, here we are, however many minutes into a podcast about some books um, that we've been waiting, you know, 10 years since the last one came out, and I'm still having new thoughts about Chronicler, which is pretty cool. Um, but there's definitely uh, power and um, power and danger in written words. So we'll see what happens with Cronbon in season three. Season three, book three. I'm going to wrap it up here, folks. Um, hey, rule the jungle, baby, because uh, we lost the I'm I, now as as I'm speaking to you now, it is about the time for me to have this episode ready to drop. And, uh, my rule of the jungle is a little sadder considering that several days ago I watched the Cleveland Browns beat up on my Cincinnati Bengals, but we'll see if we can get it done again on Sunday. Who day, baby. Um, couple housekeeping things. I haven't done that in a while. I'm most active on Twitter, um, which is twitter.com slash ETRSOP. Um, it's, I, I'm not, I ain't paying no eight bucks. So if, you know, somehow I disappear, uh, into the spam filter, I'll see you guys on the other side. Um, on Facebook, also ETRSOP or ETRSOP at gmail.com. If you want to send me, um, send me a little mail. Uh, I might just, I might sit down and do Scarpy next month. Um, we'll see just cause elections are coming up. That's a busy season for me at work. So, um, yeah, now, and, uh, please, you know, send me an email with some questions or, or with some theories. I love hearing from you guys, um, on any social medium. Hello to all. Um, if you can, if you're on a platform that does ratings, uh, that helps me get new followers and kind of grow this community. So five stars, if you're feeling generous on Apple podcasts, five talents, please, if you please, if you please, um, you can send me real life talents on Ko-Fi, which are coffee, ko-fi.com slash ETRSOP, I think is it. And, um, still looking forward to having some of our other friends on for some of these, uh, longer and more complicated characters. So I'm really excited and, uh, hopefully we'll keep the production chugging along this holiday season. Thanks for being here to talk with me about Mr. Devin, the chronicler, hot scribe shit. Ah. Till the next time, may all your stories be glad ones, your roads be smooth and short. Happy Thanksgiving. Go vote. Bye.